You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Evil minds at plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite Listen to the Anarchist World this week Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network, those kind folk in the Community Radio Network, which allow us to broadcast the studio, uh, the program which is broadcast from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, into your life around the country via the Community Radio Network, via your local community radio stations. And if you think community radio is dead, it's not dead. It's alive and kicking and growing. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, well, if you think it's about destruction, what else? Destruction, arson, sabotage. You've been reading the book that the secret service has been writing for you. Anarchism is about creating a society without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You kneecap them. And how do you kneecap them? You get involved in the struggle to devolve power, that's shared power, and share wealth. Because the inequalities we see in our society and the increase in inequalities we see in our society are directly linked to the centralisation of power and the accumulation of wealth. It's very simple. It's a very simple concept. So if you're involved in that struggle to share power and share wealth, whether you like it or not, you're an anarchist. And that's what makes us dangerous because we still think that we can change things by Breaking down inequalities in power and wealth, while most of the other, most of the rest of societies involved in issue orientated struggles, because they've forgotten, they seem to have forgotten that capitalism, private investment for private profit, is at the root of most of the problems. Not all, but most of the problems we talk about on the anarchist world this week. Just in case you haven't noticed, there's an election in the air. It's an election year. Mr Morrison, as Prime Minister, has the privilege, the captain's call of calling the election when he thinks that the opposition, which is not you and me, or public interest before corporate interests, the opposition, this is the alternative Liberal Party, masquerading as the ALP, you know, the party that's taken the U out of Labor, it's the Labor Party now, L-A-B-O-R, not L-A-B-O-U-R. So... 
So how do I know there's an election there? No, no, no. I'm not listening to Mr Morrison. I'm not listening to the leader of the opposition, Mr Albanese. I am looking at the Murdoch media. Because don't forget, the people who gave you the Trump era still call the shots in this country. And if you think that the legacy media is dead, think again. Mr Murdoch and his hangers-oners don't lose money by publishing The Australian every day for the last 60 years unless it provides a dividend to them. And that dividend is the ability to craft the agenda, the parliamentary agenda for the next three to four years. And if you look at the way the Murdoch media has been working over time in the last few weeks to kill... Albanese, remember they killed Bill, Bill Shorten, remember Bill Shorten, they killed Bill, the successful Kill Bill campaign, while they're at it again. They are the masters of destabilisation. And it's interesting that although Mr Trump will now be facing uh, a trial in the Senate for impeachment, the Murdoch newspaper, television and internet Evil, let's call it evil, because it is evil. You know, the people who gave you the Trump era are still alive and well and have not paid any cost for them creating the situation we find the United States find itself today with unnecessary, at least unnecessary 350,000 people dead in that country because of COVID-19. At least... 70 to 80% of those deaths were preventable. So this is the situation we find ourselves in Australia, because let's not forget that before Murdoch gave up his Australian citizenship, that's right, gave up his Australian citizenship to extend his empire in the US of A, that uh, he honed his uh, tactics here in Australia and continues to dominate the era. So why is the legacy media so important in 2021? Although it's losing money, although advertising revenue is moving from the legacy media onto social platforms. Why? It's very simple. Because whether it's a social platform, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, you know, whether it's Google, whether it's, uh, you know, television, whether it's radio, whether it's... um, you know, any other platform, the discussion for the day is linked to what comes up in the legacy media that morning. That's right. They determine the discussion of the day. They determine what you and I, well, not me and not you, but most of the other Australians are talking about and thinking about on that day because television, radio, social platforms all take their lead from the legacy media. So that's why Mr Murdoch continues to invest in the loss-making Australian newspaper, the only national newspaper in this country. I mean, the 
I mean, they give away the stuff. They give away the Australian all over the place because they know that the dividend, the payback is that they will be able to determine the parliamentary agenda for the next three years. And what Mr Murdoch and his associates are only interested in is is creating ever-increasing profits for them and their major shareholders. That is their mission statement. That is what they're all about. That's what yellow journalism was about. That's what created Trump, the Trump era. It was the Murdoch media, and they are the only ones who do not seem to have suffered the consequences of creating the divisions, inequalities, and utter stupidity which dominates so much of the Western world. So think about it. Give you a simple example. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which has been strangled slowly over the last two decades, strangled slowly in terms of the amount of uh, resources allocated to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, but more importantly, strangled slowly in terms of the agenda they are able to pursue and the people they are able to interview. Because what we have now in the Australian Broadcasting Corporation is an organisation which is not just dominated by a board, which is business, totally business and corporate-orientated, but we have middle management who have been schooled in the neoliberal ideology. You know, the old deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, um, corporatisation agenda. They have permanent positions, and much of the presenters you see, over 95%, are now on short-term contracts. So if the boys and girls in the Australian Broadcasting Corporation buck the trend, they're soon brought to heel. And I'll give you an example. On the 26th of January, which is commonly referred to as Australia Day, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation began to talk about it as Australia Day slash Invasion Day, taking notice of the increasing number of people who question holding Australia's National Day on the day on which colonisation began. Within 24 hours, the shock jocks, the political hacks, the so-called, you know, um, corporate-friendly media, the corporate-friendly media, were all over it. And within 36 hours, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation was forced to remove the term Invasion Day from their uh, platforms. Forced to move, move it away. Forced to move it, move it away. So obviously, what we see is the pressure which is placed on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation to tow the line. We see that pressure on a daily basis, not just in terms of content, not just in terms of the type of people they interview, but in terms of the subjects which are brought up, how they're discussed, who gets access to it, and if you think that somehow it is dominated by a so-called reformist agenda, it isn't. Their program, to a significant degree, may look and does look at some issues, but in the main, 
It's all about ensuring that corporate capitalism continues to dominate every aspect of our existence. Private investment for private profit is the mantra all around this country. That's what it is. Think about it. Private investment for private profit. What is privatisation about? It's about giving away public assets which have been built up by taxpayers' money, your money, your parents' money, your grandparents' money, to the private sector at a bargain basement price. For example, and I've said this over and over again, I have tears in my eyes every time I think about this, Commonwealth Serum Laboratories privatised in 1994 by the Keating government. could have been 1996. I may have got my figures, my dates wrong there. Shares were floated around $2.95. Today they're over $300. And it's a private company. The Australian federal government, the Morrison-led government, had to give CSL a billion-dollar grant, which they don't have to pay back, to expand their facility so that they know that they've got access to serums and vaccines over the next decade. Extraordinary situation, the Commonwealth Serum Laboratory was in public hands. We could have been at the forefront of uh, investigations into providing COVID-19 vaccines, not leaving it to individual universities. We could have had the whole nation behind that. We could have had a vaccine now. But no, it's in private hands. And it's it, and the story is the same over and over again. So it's all about private investment for private profit. And if by some chance there is a profitable public company out there, it will be privatised, whether it was the old telecom whether it was the Commonwealth Bank, whether it was Qantas, you know, whether it was CSL, whether it was at the state level, gas and fuel, electricity. These were all profitable companies, whether it was Medibank Private, which is the last, and whether it's going to be the NBN, which will be privatised by this government and future Labor governments. These are profitable enterprises which not only make a return to the public, but provide essential public services for the whole of the country by cross-subsidising services between regional areas, rural areas and uh, densely populated urban areas. Think about it. Over and over again, we have seen the privatisations of these companies slaughtered on the altar on the neoliberal altar, slaughtered for mammon, slaughtered to create profits for privately owned companies whose ownership is dominated by a few significant individuals. And if you think that's not bad enough, think of us, think of us and you know, I talk about this every week because I find this, I'm incredulous. Every day I wake up, I'm incredulous. I live in a rich continent, a rich, a resource-rich continent, irrespective of the climate emergency, irrespective of the uh, issues regarding you know, natural disasters, which is linked to the climate emergency, irrespective of the nature of the soil, we live on a rich continent. We have 25 million people. There are more than 25 million people living in Mexico City. There are more than 25 million people living in Tokyo. 
there are more than 25 million people living in Mumbai and I think Rio de Janeiro. We have a population which is less than the population of some of the world's larger cities. And this is not Bangladesh. We don't live on a floodplain. This is a resource-rich continent. Irrespective of the agricultural capacity, which is limited, obviously, to the coastlines and a little bit inside the country, it's a resource-rich continent. Irrespective of what your opinions are about uranium, coal, bauxite, diamonds, opals, gold, rare earths, sand minerals, irrespective of your opinion regarding mining, fracking, oil exploration, the list goes on and on. This is a resource-rich country. No child should be living in poverty in this country in 2021. The situation is so dire that we have private charities like the Smith family, which I've got no problems with, raising money to ensure that children not in Ethiopia, not in Bangladesh, not in northern Syria, not in Yemen, but children in Australia get a fair start in life. Can you imagine that, that we as a resource-rich country have been reduced to this private philanthropy to ensure that children who are exploited by the system can, you know, can actually get a fair start? They can actually start on the same starting blocks as other children in this country whose parents are in a better financial situation? I mean, it brings tears to my eyes, and I'm not exaggerating. It brings tears to my eyes. So why do we find ourselves in this situation? Well, we see the people in Norway have got a sovereign wealth fund which they built up through the exploitation of their oil resources now being used for the benefit of the Norwegian people, not the benefit of some transnational corporation or some billionaire like Twiggy Forrest, you know, who's boring us with his boyer lectures, you know. Extraordinary. If this country's resources, which are theoretically owned by the government of the day, which obviously were owned by this nation's First Nations people, if the profits which were derived from the exploitation of these resources were ploughed back into a sovereign wealth fund, then maybe we wouldn't have the situation we find ourselves in in terms of the problems faced by First Nations people around the country. Maybe we wouldn't find ourselves in a situation where one third of the population has to live on social security benefits, which are just, you know, above or below the poverty line. Maybe we wouldn't, wouldn't find ourselves in a situation where a private, private charities have to raise money to provide essentials for this country's children. But no, no, no. Mammon is our master. Mammon is our mistress. It's all about private investment for private profit. 
But that private investment isn't based on them paying a fair share for the exploitation of those resources. It's about giving them those resources and hoping against hope that it will provide jobs and taxation revenues and in some states a little bit of royalty. Think about it. Now these people have got enough accountants to fill to fill a jumbo jet. And they can legally, because of the parliamentary agenda which is pushed by the Murdochs of the world through Parliament, can not pay any tax or virtual taxation. Or if they feel really bad, they'll just pay some tax, while payers, your own taxpayers, continue to pay the bulk of taxation in this country, almost 70%. So think about it. Why did we go down this path? Why do we continue to go down this path? Why do we continue to honour these billionaires who have become billionaires by exploiting Commonwealth resources? I mean, it's the greatest irony in the universe, isn't it? We live in the Commonwealth of Australia. The Commonwealth of Australia. Ever thought of that? Ever thought of those two, those words, Commonwealth of Australia? It's not the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth is not there. Commonwealth should be used for the common good. It shouldn't be used for individual gain. But that's what we see in this country. We see us giving away our sovereign rights. It's one thing to see Mr Dutton, the most powerful minister in the federal government, even more powerful than Mr Morrison, who we think is Prime Minister, frothing at the mouth about using border force to protect our sovereign borders. But when it comes to our sovereign resources, we're quite happy to give them away to any Tom, Dick, Harry, Janet, Juliet to exploit. Extraordinary. What an extraordinary situation. We're quite happy to lock up asylum seekers for seven to eight years for having the audacity to seek asylum in this country. We're quite happy to do that in order to protect our sovereign borders. But we're not happy to lift a hand, a finger, even a little finger, to protect our sovereign wealth. Think about it. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. If you're really interested, you may be, you may not be, it's up to you. If you're really interested in making a difference, I do suggest that you have a look at the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website and I do encourage you to join. Well, we're not just a group that uses community boycotts, direct action, you know, protest. We're a group that also would like to be involved in the electoral process, not because we think we're going to be elected, we're not that stupid, but because we want to broaden the debate about what is possible in this country. You won't see this debate about our common resources, the commonwealth, the inequalities which exist in this country. You won't see this debate 
in the corporate-owned media. And every time it raises its head in the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, it's squashed. So we need to use our own organisations, our own methods of communication, in order to broaden this debate in the general community. Today in Australia in 2021, it's all about issues. And I've said before, ad nauseum on this program, you can incorporate any issue you like into the capitalist framework. We've got marriage equality. Everybody told us that marriage equality would mean the end of the universe as we know it, the end of Western civilization. Well, nothing changed except for those people who are now able to be legally married, irrespective of their gender. We've got huge debate now about a treaty. It's about time we had a treaty. But the debate about a treaty can be incorporated within a capitalist framework. We've got a debate about climate emergency and we're seeing the dinosaurs, the cold dinosaurs, die off one by one as money, and it's all about money, flows into green capitalism, not into providing decentralised energy systems which are controlled by the community, but providing huge centralised energy systems which continue to be controlled by large corporations. You can, you can incorporate that debate, and it has been incorporated into the capitalist framework, and it goes on and on. But what one debate, one debate they can't incorporate into their framework is the debate to break down inequality, to break down the power relations which exist in our society, the debate to share wealth and hold it in common. And that's what public interest before corporate interest is all about. So if you are interested, you can download the application form from pipsi, P-I-B-C-I dot net. You can leave a message on 0439395489, 0439395489, or you can write to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If you're not interested, fair enough, but don't complain to me that nothing ever seems to change. Obviously, nothing will change unless you, that's right, you, make that effort to be involved in social, political, cultural movements to push change that breaks down inequalities in power and wealth. You listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. That's freecr.org.au. This program is broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. It's also streaming live on 3cr.org.au around the known universe. You can go to my Facebook page, Joseph Toscano, Toscano for the Public. You can go to the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest YouTube channel, Twitter stream, Instagram, and the list goes on and on. Not that I think much of the social platforms that are out there, you can go to... Goes on and on and on. But the fact is that we use every legal available avenue to us to promote the struggle to break down hierarchy, to share power, and to share wealth. Let's move on.
Now, sometimes something happens in the world which gives you a little bit of a bit of a laugh and a little bit of hope. And uh, now this is a little bit complex, but uh, just hang in with me, hang in with me, and we'll go through this because I think it's important because it highlights the nature of the so-called world stock markets, which somehow, we're told, reflect reality on the ground. Now, obviously, you can lose your money in many ways. You can buy a Tats Lotto ticket, and I'm guilty of that. You can funnel it down a poker machine, and I hate to say I've been guilty of that. You can lose it at a casino table, and I hate to say I've been guilty of that. You can... uh, Put it in the stock market. And that's one thing I've never done, all right? I may be guilty of a lot of other things, losing money, but as far as the world's stocks and shares are concerned, that's something I haven't done because I've just got a, you know, I just get a gut feeling that the, the unethical nature of it all. You know, it's the big casino in the sky. It's the casino where you actually don't know the odds. I know that if I buy a Powerball ticket, my odds are 1 in 97 million of winning that big prize. And I know that if I play a poker machine, that for every hour I play on that little machine, that I will lose 15% of what I've put into that machine. I mean, that's the way it works. That's how they make their money. And I know that if I go to a roulette table, that eventually if I sit at the roulette table long enough, I will lose every penny I brought onto that roulette table. But as far as the world stock markets are concerned, it's an opaque, you know, it's an opaque story. But sometimes, sometimes we get an insight into how ludicrous the whole situation is. Now, first of all, now just stay with me. Don't get bored because this is important because your future is actually determined by these maggots, all right? Stay with me. There's a concept called shortening. No, it's not Bill Short and Kill Bill. It's it's called short. You short a share. And this is what it means is, now, say you've got two grand, you need $2,000 minimum to get involved in the short game, okay? So you borrow a share, you borrow some shares from a broker, a stockbroker. Okay, you borrow the shares. Obviously, you're going to pay interest, like any other, you know, borrowings. You pay interest. So, if you borrow money for a mortgage, you pay interest. If you borrow money in your credit card, you pay interest, and the list goes on and on. So, if you borrow a share from a stock broker. You pay interest to that stockbroker. You borrow it for a fixed period of time, just like you have a mortgage or a, a loan, right? And, and it could be days, it could be a week, could be two weeks. It, as soon as you borrow the shares in that company, you sell them instantaneously. You sell them. And you hope that over the next two to three weeks or the next month or the next five days, whatever you punted, whatever you punted, that those shares will drop in value. Then you rebuy those shares and you've made a profit. That's what short, that's what when you when people talk about short, shortening on the stock exchange, when they short a share, they're punting 
on it dropping in value. You buy it for $5, it drops to $4, you buy it at $4, you make a dollar profit on every share you have. But, but it happens within a fixed framework. Now let's go to GameShop. Now GameShop is one of these legacy businesses. It's a, a national or international organisation which sells computer games. These days most people buy their computer games on, on um, you know, through the net, through various platforms on the net. They buy their computer games. So obviously Game Shop is a losing business and it's going to sooner or later close down. It's the nature of technology. So hedge funds. Now what's a hedge fund? A hedge fund is a fund that has masses of capital behind it. So a hedge fund will say, well, Game Shop, let's look at this organisation. Uh, we've uh, done our research. The shares are going to fall in value. We will short that organisation. What that means is we will buy, say, a billion dollars worth of shares and we will punt that in the next three weeks those shares will drop. We will rebuy them, make a profit. So what we've seen over the last few decades is hedge funds destroying viable companies around the world because they go in for the kill, put out propaganda about how bad that stock is, and that's the thing, is you, you buy at a certain price, put out propaganda, denigrate the stock, hope the price will fall because people will panic and sell their shares, then swoop in, buy the shares at a lower price, and you made a profit. And this is what hedge funds have been doing for decades. But... A few days ago, something happened that has sent shockwaves through the stock market. Something happened which has bloodied the face of the hedge funds. The Robin Hood platform. Now, there's a, there's a term called day traders. Okay, These are people who buy and sell shares on the same day attempting to make a profit depending on the fall or the rise in the share. Now, there's a social platform called Robin Hood. And what happened a few days ago that is en masse, like a flash mob. You know, a flash mob occurs when, you know, a, fixed, a, a number of people on the net say we will arrive at this particular point at four o'clock and we will you know take off our pants okay flash mob flash flash so instantaneously tens of thousands of day traders bought shares in game shop that forced the price of the shares to rise and those hedge funds which had shorted, you know, they said that the price was going to fall and they were going to buy it at a, at a lower price, lost $20 billion. And over the last four, uh, 24 hours, we've seen the same people which brought the share price up sell and the share price now has collapsed. So the hedge funds lost money, but the people who invested in it in the early stages made money and the people who jumped on the bandwagon not understand what was going on are now losing huge amounts of money. So the reason I'm showing this and have spent 
you know, over five minutes, five to ten minutes, trying to explain this is to highlight how the share market can be manipulated and continues to be manipulated. And this is what our future is based on. It's not based on the value of a technological innovation. It's not based on the value of the resources we may have control over. It is not based on the value of the intellectual property we may have control over. But it is our society is based on the value of huge numbers of people who can manipulate the system to enrich themselves at the expense of the community in general. So do we really want to continue on this basis? Do we really want to continue continue you know in this in this way? Think about it. <laughs> no wonder, you know, I'm getting a little bit old these days. No wonder elderly people are in such a, a flux. Here they are, they've been told to do, you know, do their own superannuation, self-funded retirees, you're going to have a great life, it's all going to be good. On the one hand, you've got nursing homes trying to extract every bloody cent out of your pocket. And on the other hand, interest rates are so low, you're forced to invest in the stock market and your whole life can change within a 12-hour period. No wonder there is so much insecurity, so much anxiety in our society. No wonder we are the second most heavily medicated population on earth for depression and anxiety. That's Australia in 2021. 25 million people living on a resource-rich continent. No wonder we continue to struggle with poverty. No wonder one-third of the population, you have to rely on Social Security benefits. No wonder 85 to 90% of the population are indebted up to their necks and will have to you know, have intergenerational debt to pay off a home. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, think about it. It's more than issues. Fundamental changes are required, and those fundamental changes come from people like you and me demanding those fundam- fund- f- demanding that those fundam- fundamental changes are made, not being tricked every three years to thinking that casting a ballot is all we have to do. It's more than that. As I keep saying, democracy isn't rule of the people, by the people, for the people, it's rule of the people, by the people, for the people, by an engaged public that owns its resources. That's the public good. You're listening to Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, sometimes you have to cry. Now, you know that Australia was involved in its longest ever war in Afghanistan, and obviously there are huge questions about the conduct of, conduct of Australian soldiers in Afghanistan and uh, that really kind of really makes you turn in the stomach. But in many regards, you know, although individual soldiers are involved, responsible for their individual actions, what we seem to have forgotten is the way the Australian Defence Forces were led by the nose in Orozan province 
in Afghanistan, which they were responsible for, led by the nose, by powerful warlords in that region who used the Australian Defence Forces as their own military forces to destroy and contain, not the Taliban, but destroy and contain their political enemies in that region. Think about it. Now, obviously, soldiers are sent out there to do specific tasks, but there is a responsibility that goes beyond individual soldiers and platoons and units there's a responsibility which extends to their officers and military brass, not just in Afghanistan during that period, but in Australia, which was led by the nose by warlords in that area and used to crush their political enemies in order to enrich themselves. And also there's a responsibility on the governments which took their eye away from what was happening in Afghanistan and went across there, politicians went across there, you know, for the uh, the media hit, you know, like a good, nice heroin hit. You'd go out to Afghanistan and have your picture taken with the troops, not realising because of your stupidity that they were being led by the nose by uh, warlords in that area to do the dirty work for them. So there is responsibility that goes beyond the individual soldier, that goes beyond the brass in those organisations, that leads goes right to the media which supported the intervention to the hilt and the political politicians of both political hues who continued and continue to support what happened in Afghanistan. It is one of the blackest days in Australian military, cultural, political history. Not just in terms of the individual damage inflicted to people who are totally innocent in these situations, but the fact that our political leaders and military brass and so-called, so-called intelligence unit so-called intelligence unit who are only good at actually collecting the intelligence against uh, you know, radicals in this country, allowing themselves to be manipulated, used by warlords in Arzgan province to promote their own agenda. You're listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Collective breastbeating. Here we go. You hear that? A little bit of... Co- well, that's one person beating their breast, but I'm talking about collective breastbeating. Now, we're all agog. Well, I'm not. Regarding the report which leaked out about the Collingwood Football Club and, you know, everybody's in there, you know, telling us how horrible it all is. Fine. I agree. It was common knowledge. It's been common knowledge for a long time. Look at the way Winmar, Long, you know, uh, and other 
Indigenous greats have been treated by the Collingwood Football Club over the years. But that's not the issue. This is the problem. When we contain the issues to a specific, you know, organisation. Obviously, there is an in-ground racism in the Collingwood Football Club. You don't need a bloody Royal Commission or an investigation to tell you that. And obviously, people like Maguire really don't understand it. We know that. But I would like to see the same collective breastbeating in this country occur when the intervention occurred in the Northern Territory. We were sold hook, line and sinker mistruths about what was happening in the Northern Territory and other parts of the country where the Howard government suspended the Racial Discrimination Act so they could send the military into the Northern Territory to deal with what they described as an unacceptable situation. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of breast collective breastbeating about that. I'd like to see a bit of collective breastbeating about the fact that 30% of the people in prisons in this country are Indigenous Australians, while three they are 3% of the Australian population. I'd like to see a little bit of collective breastbeating in the corporate-owned media and the government gelded at ABC about the over 430 deaths in custody since the Royal, Com- the Hawk Royal Commission. I'd like to see a little bit of collective breastbeating about the fact that the Australian Broadcasting Corporation was forced to remove the word Invasion Day, you know, from its platforms because of pressure, political pressure. I'd like to see a little bit of collective breastbeating about the fact that people like Forrest and the rest of the billionaires in the resource-rich areas are making billions of dollars at the expense of First Nations people. And it seems that the return they get for the exploitation of their resources doesn't meet in any way their basic human needs. I'd like to see a little bit of collective breastbeating about the fact that when we use the word treaty, everybody runs away. So why don't we have a little bit of collective breastbeating about things that really matter in the term of things. I mean, we love in this country to have collective breastbeating about words. It's something I've noticed over the last decade. You know, somebody uses a word, wow. It's akin to being the devil's spawn. Akin to being the devil's spawn. But when it comes to real change, when it comes to making a difference, when it comes to applying policies that can make a difference, when it comes to sharing a little bit of the wealth, it never happens. There's no collective breastbeating. There's no crying. There's no carrying on. Think about it. Does it really matter at the end of the day that the Collingwood Football Club has been exposed for what it is? Now, obviously, racism is an issue in this country. Obviously, the fact that we have collective amnesia regarding the the colonisation process in this country and the continuing damage caused by the colonisation process in this country. This isn't a matter about guilt. I feel no guilt. But it's a matter about justice. That's what it's about. So why don't we have a little bit of collective breastbeating about something useful, not 
a one-word change in the national anthem, not some debate about constitutional recognition for First Nations people, which means nothing to them in the end of the day, but makes us all feel a little bit better. Think about it. Don't get led by the nose. Don't forget what are the real issues, what are the important issues in this country. Don't let the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC determine what the agenda is going to be. What is the agenda of the day? You know what the agenda of the day is, and that is inequality. That is the agenda of the day. It's about the, the nature of capitalism, what happens when you allow a philosophy which is based on private investment for private profit to dominate all aspects of our daily living which pushes aside government as if they are immune to parliamentary scrutiny and parliamentary legislation. Think about it. Let's move on. Housing. What a disaster. Prices are increasing exponentially during the COVID-19 crisis. And why are they increasing exponentially? Because we're told there's a housing shortage. Not a unit shortage, but a housing shortage. And why is the housing shortage? Because state and federal governments no longer invest in public housing. There is no way 50 to 60% of the population will ever be able to own a home in this country. No way. Most of this escalation in housing prices is driven by extraordinarily low interest rates, government subsidies... And what we see is a rise in housing prices, not a decrease in housing prices. At the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis, it was all about providing housing for people. Take them off the streets, put them in hotel rooms so the disease doesn't spread. Now, the Victorian government is the worst government as far as public housing is concerned in this country. There is no public housing initiatives in Victoria or most of the rest of Australia. I mean, the Commonwealth Government talks about rent subsidies to the private sector, but not about building public housing. Public housing is good. And I'll tell you why. I'm not talking about huge blocks being built in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about spot purchasing around the country. It is good for a number of reasons. It means that 15, 20, 25% of the population on low incomes live in secure accommodation for a fixed price based on 25% of their income. Not 33% as we see in the affordable community house, so-called affordable community social housing sector, which is just another name for another private sector investment. But real security for a fixed rent. If you've got a large public housing sector and you can you can finance a large public housing sector by using stamp duty, which you pay when you buy a house to bankroll public housing, housing stocks increase. As housing stocks increase, prices at the bottom end decrease. As prices at the bottom end decrease, people can enter, who want to buy a home, can enter the housing market. And although price at the top end may continue to escalate, it doesn't really matter. 
you know, if they want to fight amongst themselves for a beautiful mansion overlooking the harbour in Sydney or the bay in Melbourne or wherever, good luck to them. But what it means is the rest of the population is in safe, secure housing. So this is what it's about. So we miss this opportunity. As a people, we miss the opportunity because we forgot the important role that public housing has played and continues to play in the fortunes and lives of so many Australians. And while we continue to turn our back on public housing, fewer and fewer Australians will be able to enter the property market irrespective of how low interest rates are, irrespective of how many government subsidies there are to push people into the private market. Think about it. Just think about it. A lot of things have been happening this week. But again, ultimately, it's a struggle about power. It's a struggle about sharing power, holding wealth in common. It's not a struggle about issues. Obviously, issues are important and people are involved in issue-orientated struggles around this country and around the world. But it's much more than issues. It's a struggle about exposing the ugly nature of the society which is based on the concept of private investment for private profit. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network, which has been broadcasting this program across community radio stations in Australia. The program is also streaming live on 3cr.org.au. If you've been called away, nature calls, the uh, meth addict next door needs some uh, money, relax, the program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program will be podcast within the next 48 hours. You can write to me at, yes, you can write to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com or info at pipsy.net YouTube channel public interest before corporate interest Instagram I've forgotten Uh, I think it's uh, pipsy underscore AUS it's pipsy underscore AUS Facebook page Joseph Toscano Toscano for the public so don't tell me there's no way you can actually access this stuff it's there phone number 0439 395 489 don't forget If you want to be involved in a movement that wishes to change things, think about joining public interest before corporate interest. Look at the website. If you like what you see, download the application. If you don't like what you see, fine. Find another organisation which is fighting to change things, which is fighting to devolve, share power and share wealth. If you don't see anything you like out there, form your own organisation because ultimately... It's not about clicktivism. It's not about pushing buttons on a computer. It's not about, you know, going to 500 YouTube channels. It's about you taking action. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. There's always issues, but ultimately... It's up to you where the change occurs. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week, next week, on your local community radio station. Mm-hmm.
minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Wash my hands. Oh, Lord, well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 250 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminuaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.